Welcome to Psalm 17. The three Psalms, that is Psalm 15, 16 and 17, are kind of three linked Psalms and perhaps you should try read them in a sitting. These are Psalms written not after trouble, but when David was in trouble. Now it is kind of difficult to say what trouble he was in, although it seems that David was troubled by Saul. But in verse 1 to 2 suggests that he was desperate for help. In fact, his desperation is very heartfelt. Just look at the barrage of appeals he makes to God. He says, Hear, O Lord, attend to my cry, give ear to my prayer, let your eyes take note of me. You see, when one is desperate and utterly desperate, one turns to the most trusted person in life. But here for David, he turns to God. Remember in Psalm 15, he expressed his confidence upon God. He says, I shall not be moved. In Psalm 16, he says, I have no good apart from you. You, O Lord, are my inheritance and my rescuer. When his brothers conspired against him, the officials lied about him and Saul was wanting to kill him. David's only hope is in the Lord. In Psalm 16, 1, David says, Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. Hear, O Lord, attend to my cry, give ear to my prayer, let your eyes take note of me. May I ask, when you are desperate, desperately desperate, where do you turn? Whom do you turn to? Where do you find your solace and assurance from? Is it the Lord? In verse 3, David kind of says something that may seem a bit puzzling. He kind of pats his back and makes a very self-righteous claim. Verse 3, You have tested my thoughts, O Lord, and have examined my heart in the night. You have scrutinized me and have found nothing wrong. Now, how is it possible that a fallen man can make such a tall claim that all his thoughts are right and the Lord could find nothing wrong against him? Doesn't the Bible say all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and there is no one righteous? Well, what is David's claim really? Here David is not making a generalized statement, but he insists that what Saul believes about him is not true, that he is not the king's enemy. And hence he says, Lord, you have tested my thoughts and examined my heart in the night. You have scrutinized me and found nothing wrong I have done against Saul. Not even in my thoughts. I plan him no harm, O God. Saul has clearly misunderstood me. David is but pleading innocence before God. He says, Lord, you judge me, you search me, and I know you will find nothing wrong in me against him. Now, isn't this amazing? Here is a man who is on hot pursuit to kill you and to be done with you. He has made your life miserable. You are in caves and mountains hiding from him. You don't even know when you may fall a prey in his hands and be killed. And yet David claims, verse 4, Lord, I have followed your commands, which keeps me from following cruel and evil people. My steps have not wavered from following you. In short, I will not ever be like Saul and do back to him what he is doing to me right now. Remember in chapter 15, David raises the question, who can enter the presence of God? Only those who are blameless do what is right, refuse to gossip or harm their neighbor or speak evil of their friends. And David is saying, Lord, I have kept myself blameless, have done what is right, refuse to gossip or harm Saul or even speak evil of him. In verses 6 to 15, David makes a confident prayer in the light of his innocence before the Lord and he asks the Lord to vindicate him. He says, Show me your unfailing love in wonderful ways. By your mighty power, you rescue those who seek refuge from their enemies. Guard me as you would guard your own eyes. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Protect me from the wicked people who attack me and murderous enemies who surround me. 
Verse 10, they are without pity. Listen to their boasting, O Lord. They track me down and surround me, watching for the chance to throw me to the ground. They are like hungry lions, eager to tear me apart, like young lions hiding in ambush. Verse 13, David says, Arise, O Lord, stand against them and bring them to their knees. Rescue me from the wicked with your sword. By the power of your hand, O Lord, destroy those who look to this world for their reward, but satisfy the hunger of your treasured ones. May their children have plenty, living an inheritance for their descendants. Because I am righteous, I will see you. When I am awake, I will see you face to face and will be satisfied. I think our prayers become even more powerful, don't they? When we know in our heart that we have feared the Lord, we haven't done anything wrong, that we are innocent, we can confidently ask the Lord to vindicate us. And this is exactly what David does to the Lord. He says, Lord, I'm innocent. Because I'm righteous, I will see you. When I awake, I will see you face to face and be satisfied. So what do you do when you're frustrated by those around you? When you're unjustly attacked and criticized by another person who is perhaps jealous of you? Cry out to God. Plan no evil against that person. The Bible reminds us not to be overcome by evil, but to overcome evil with good. Plead your innocence with God and wait for God to vindicate you. Is this going to be easy? Absolutely not. Was this easy for David? Not at all. But he kept his conscience clear and brought his petition before God and expresses his confidence before God. For he says, you will, O God, declare me innocent, for you see those who do right. So shall we pray? Dear Lord, how often I am tempted to hit back and retaliate and to give back. When I am wronged and injustice is done to me, but would you help me to take refuge in you? Help me plead my case with you, for you hear me when I pray, and you shall vindicate your people, for your eyes see those who do right. And this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.